On today's podcast, I had the one and only Graham Stefan on. And if you don't know who he is, he has over three and a half million subscribers on his main YouTube channel. He is absolutely killing it. And he's been the pioneer for finance and YouTube. I talk about his career. We talked about how he's evolving into owning different businesses. And we also go over, which to me was the most important part, how he creates a video. You will not believe the process that goes into making just one video. And I'll give you a hint. It's over 20 hours of work. So we go from step by step how he's doing it. And if you're interested in being a content creator, you are definitely going to want to see that conversation. And we also talk about what his career would be if he wasn't doing YouTube. You don't want to miss that. So without further ado, let's jump into the podcast. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? My company, Future Flipper, can help. We've taught hundreds of people all over the country how to flip, wholesale, and buy rental properties. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your investing journey. Whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your company, Future Flipper can help. We have courses, coaching, and events for all levels of investors. So if you want to take the next step, go to futureflipper.com and book a free consultation to see how we can best help you. Once again, that's futureflipper.com. If you've ever wanted to invest with me on my real estate deals, it's now possible. At Pineda Capital, we're purchasing value-add real estate all across the country. This includes multifamily, commercial, and land development. The best part is, with my network, social media presence, and marketing strategies, we're able to get the very best deals that others don't have access to. You can join in with me on those deals if you're an accredited investor. If you want to learn more, head over to PinedaCapital.com to see our current opportunities. Once again, that's PinedaCapital.com. Welcome to The Ryan Pineda Show. Where our mission is to invest. I only expect to make money in things that I understand. Innovate. It's about believing in the future and thinking that the future will be better than the past. And inspire. I am much more likely to hit my goal just due to putting it out there. You're now rocking with the best. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Ryan Pineda Show. Today, we have a very special guest, somebody who has influenced me quite a bit. Uh, I would not be on YouTube if I did not ever see this guy's video. And, you know, I've had the the luxury to meet him in person and uh, become friends and um, even help him move to Vegas now. Yep. So, uh, man, what's up, Graham? Thank you so much. That's, that's right. You did help me move to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. So... By the way, your house is is beautiful now. I saw you guys put in the pool. You guys decorated it. Got a lot of cool stuff going. Yeah, we got a thirteen foot Christmas tree I from saw Home that. Depot. It's massive. Yep. So I had to stand on the very top shelf of the ladder, which is <laughs> so scary. I don't know if you ever done that before, but being like ten feet. Well, no, I wasn't ten feet up. I was probably like seven, eight feet up in the air. Yeah. On that little top shelf, it was terrifying dude you need you gotta hire somebody to do that no. did you build the tree yourself what do you mean build it grow the tree by itself oh it's a it's a live <laughs> yeah tree. Oh, it's a live tree oh okay yeah oh yeah no no that's not a fake tree you oh, gotta get dude. the live trees that because it's the smell yeah walk no. in the whole house smells the smell is great yeah. but i don't think you didn't have one last year did you when we went um to not the new vegas. year's party not in vegas now yeah but now you got that christmas yeah. feel yeah i love it dude <laughs> so for those of you listening, um, if you don't know who Graham Stefan is, uh, he's got three and a half million subscribers on YouTube, um, just on his main channel. Mm. You get you get probably what? How many total? Four and a half. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably about four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely crushing it, talking about finance, and um, I've I've had the luxury to be on his podcast twice, yeah. and 
Uh, we'll definitely link to those episodes below. But, uh, dude, man, like, I just want to say, first off, on on air, you know, seeing your success drastically made me want to get into YouTube. You know, mm-hmm. I started last year during the pandemic, and, uh, you know, I'd never heard of you. I see one of your videos, and then you're like, man, you know, uh, I'm over here making this amount of money. Which on video is it? Was it that video? Yeah, it was just one of these, you know, how much I make per month. Oh, it must have been how much I make with 2 million subscribers. I'm so, yeah, guessing. Probably. Probably that. around the time I posted that. Yeah. And I was like, huh, I want, like, because people were like, you should get on YouTube. And I'm like, dude, YouTube's stupid. Like, what? Why would I? I'm re- busy running businesses. And then uh, I watched your video and I go, nope, YouTube <laughs> is not stupid. Like, that is crazy. Yeah. So that's awesome, dude. And then to see what, you know, about a year and a half later, you know, almost double the subscribers yeah. and um, you're branching out into other things like businesses. And uh, it's been cool, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone who has seen that video is all of a sudden like, I want to make YouTube videos now. Dude, it's, it's I was one of those wild. guys. Yeah. Yeah. I've had so many people texting me too, even just old real estate colleagues that they saw that video or they saw one of those videos or they saw like the CNBC millennial money. Right. And all of them are like, hey, uh, so if I start a YouTube channel, I'm like, it's not that easy. And, and no. very few people who have actually reached out have ever even posted a video. So I think it goes like they, they underestimate the amount of work. They just think, oh, I just post videos and I'll make uh, hundreds of thousands. Yeah. But oh, gosh, it's, it's way a grind. Harder than that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'll say, like, I studied uh, before I started posting, like, I knew, I'm like, dude, <laughs> building a channel with millions of subs ain't easy. You know, it took you years and that was fast compared to everyone else, right? Like, and I'm just like, man, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to treat it like a business. I need to study the craft of what being a YouTuber is, not just, I think most people, they go buy a camera and then just start talking without any kind of research or anything else. So I actually took your course, um, which was very helpful. And it's funny because at the time I remember taking it, and when you made that course, you might have had like 300,000 subs or something. And uh, to see your video of like, hey, I got 2 million subs. I'm like, okay, whatever he's telling me at 300,000 definitely applies to get to yeah. 2 that million. Yeah, that was the thing that a lot of people, uh, I don't want to say they complained about it, but they mentioned, uh, because I made that program, I think it was like, yeah, about two years ago, I was 300,000 subscribers, and I laid out my blueprint. And in those videos, I'm like, I'm at 300,000 subscribers now. And people are like, well, it, <laughs> it's not going to work anymore because now you have three and a half. I'm like... I've been doing the same thing, and that's why people are shocked to hear that, like, I still have the, the same equipment. Uh, until recently, it was just me, and uh, I've done everything on the main channel. I mean, that's just 100% just been myself. Like, nothing has changed. Right. And so that's why it's like when the income goes up, my workload doesn't go up. I, the same thing today as I did four years ago, except yeah. now I'm getting more views. It's the only difference. So everything that I said in that video is still true today. It just it doesn't change. Well, yeah, and I tell people that, too. Like, at the end of the day, the most successful people just, there's no secret. Like, they just do the same thing consistently over and over again. Like, you don't miss videos, you know? Like, you get a video, you get all your videos out always on schedule. You've been doing that for the last, what, four years? It'll be five years. Five years. December 26th, it'll be five years. Yeah, and there's no secret to that. It's just like, dude, you were disciplined to putting it out five years straight, you know, not missing a beat, and... In the early stages when you didn't know if it was going to be a career or anything, you just stuck with it, right? I like, loved it. It was yeah. fun. It was like, uh, it would be like going to the gym. It's just, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So for me, it was, uh, I was going to do it regardless. Right. So it didn't make money, great. making money. Yeah, yeah. And then the moment sort of making money, it's like, hey, maybe I should uh, like really make this another level, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So I no, I thought the course was great. Um, and like you said, it doesn't matter how many subs you had at the time. Like all the same principles still apply. Yep. You know, <laughs> create a good title, create a good thumbnail, be quick to you know get them in the hook, and yep. it's not rocket science. It's just figuring out your voice and you know how to create great topics. Yeah, especially in the beginning, SEO is so important. And that, I mean, of course it changes a little bit here and there, but overall it's like if you want to rank for real estate, the same principles apply to rank for real estate, but you got to make your video a little bit better than everyone else's. So always just taking the approach that you watch everyone else, you type in real estate, what are the top 10 results? Watch their videos and then make yours even better. Right. So that when someone clicks yours, they're going to watch for longer, they're going to subscribe, they're going to like the video, they're going to engage with it. Uh, and keep doing that. Yeah. My take has always been, and tell me if you agree or not, is like, you obviously, if you're coming up in YouTube, and this was true for me, like, you don't want to try and do what, you know, you do, or or Kevin does, or, you know, one of these other guys. Like, it's great to watch their videos and learn, but, you know, if you're going to try and make the same exact content, they're just going to watch you. Like, what's the point of watching some new guy who has no, you know, following yet or anything else? So it's like, I think... If you're going to get in the space, whether your niche is real estate or stocks or, you know, any niche, you have to be, like, different in some way. Do you agree? Yes and no. Uh, so it's complicated for me because I feel like when I first started, there was, there was nobody in the finance space. And I got in thinking I was too late, that YouTube was already saturated. But I was like, well, there's not a lot of finance content, so, like, maybe that could, you know, I could just talk about that and uh, I'll be able to stand out because maybe there are like five people making videos on, on finance. That was it. Right. Uh, the big guys were like Ty Lopez and Grant Cardone. Those were the only uh, finance guys? Uh, that had any sort of following. Gary V, kind of, but his was more of like the hustle entrepreneur. Uh, for real estate, it was only Grant Cardone. Patrick bet David a little bit, um, but that was really it. I mean, there were a few big guys on there with like big teams. And so my approach was, well, I'm going to take the opposite of that. I'm just a guy making videos for fun. I don't have a business. I have nothing to sell. It's just right. it's what I enjoy talking about. And that uh, there's only a few people on YouTube at the time that were doing that. Now, it's I see the people who basically just take my video and copy it, but they don't do as good of a job on it. And so those videos just never take off. Right. But I've also seen channels gain a lot of success, like a ton of success. Um, sometimes even they get even more views than my videos do. Right. And... I'm not going to call anybody out, but they'll basically take my video, paraphrase the entire thing, <laughs> take the almost the exact title, almost the exact uh, thumbnail, except with their face on it, <laughs> and their videos will do better than the videos that I did. And their content is like almost the same thing. Mm. Uh, but that's just the nature of YouTube. So it's like, I look at that and I'm like, I don't like, you know, hate on it, but I look at that and be like, how did, how did that video do better? Is, yeah. Did that... Do they have better watch time? Uh, was this appealing to their audience a little bit more? Did they make it funnier? Uh, so I watched those videos, and I'm like, well, maybe I could remake mine. <laughs> do mine a little bit better. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So like it's, it's possible, but, like, if you take inspiration from someone else's video, you have to make it better. Because otherwise, then it's just you're wasting your time. Right. You're going to have to tell me off camera who, who the copycats sure. are. <laughs> I need, for studying purposes, sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I need sure. to see how they're doing yeah. it better. Um, no, I like that, man. And I think it's interesting because, you know, you, you mentioned real estate and other stuff. And when guys like you and Meet Kevin were coming up, like you guys were kind of the pioneers of um, being the, like you said, 
just the guys making content, right? Mm-hmm. You're not like this big company like Grant Cardone or Gary Vee. You guys were just normal dudes who made content. You enjoyed it. And then, you know, in turn, it's made you guys ultra successful. Um, but what I noticed about you and Kevin was you guys started out as real estate guys and then slowly transitioned to being just more broad news-based stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me about that evolution. Yeah. Well, when I first started making YouTube videos, I was full-time real estate agent with the Oppenheim Group. And, uh, you know, that was all I would talk about because I would basically, I'd work all day as a real estate agent. I would look for rental properties to buy on the side and I would make videos on things that I knew about, which was, uh, you know, credit card churning, real estate and real estate investing. That was all my content. Um, But I realized pretty quickly that, well, within about a year that uh, it wasn't just, real estate was too small. And if I wanted to continue growing, there was only an audience of maybe, you know, a few hundred thousand people at the very most who wanted real estate. And that was it. Um, And a lot of the content with real estate is so evergreen that it's not like I could make a real estate video, uh, you know, three times a week. Like, here's real estate, real estate, real estate. It just doesn't doesn't change. change. Right. So even for me, even making one real estate video a week is a lot because it's just nothing changes. Right. So I realized that it's not just like real estate. It's then what do you do with the money that you make from real estate? And then that's where I got into the whole like financial independence space. And then when I was doing like the retire early stuff, then it became, well, not just about retiring early. It's then about having the freedom. How do you get the freedom? Well, that's passive income. So then I would talk about passive income and then it's, what do you do with that passive income? Or how, how, how could you transition that? And then it's also the stock market or, or how to build wealth, uh, personal finance tips. And basically, the more broad I went, the bigger the audience grew. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I didn't want to just be like the real estate guy or the stock guy or anything. I just figured anything involving money. Because that, that, at the end of the day, is, just, is money. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, and I could definitely see that um, in my own channel. Like, you know, I think... I've got 160,000 subs now, and I do feel like I've hit the cap for kind of like what real estate is for the most part, you know. Um, And so, you know, the decision I've been thinking about is like, okay, what's the next path do I want to take? Do I want to, you know, go ultra broad and, you know, try and talk about, you know, current events and news and other stuff? And then I just realized I'm like, yeah... I just don't want to do it. Like, I just don't want to research and, you know, stay up to date with like what's happening. I just, I'm like, yeah, if I can't make, if I can't script the video in five minutes, I don't want to make it. Like, that's just kind of like my MO now. So I, I don't know. I've kind of just transitioned into documenting my life, kind of like what Gary Vee does mm-hmm. where I'm just like, oh, I bought this house. I bought this apartment or I started a new business or, you know, we did this and probably not like the best approach to grow huge but what i've seen is just like i mean 160,000 isn't like a small number but i've seen that the niche <clears throat> makes it so that with my businesses like they're really devoted and loyal yeah i've noticed that basically unless you unless you f up uh five percent of your audience is going to watch whatever you whatever you post so you could post like a pile of dog crap five <laughs> percent of people this is the best content i've ever seen like they'll <laughs> they'll love it uh so if you cater to that five percent sure it's really hard to grow that five percent and and, and it, usually to grow that five percent you have to make the broader content that appeals to new people you reach a cast a new net yeah and you know of those hundred people you know 
five more are going to join that group. Right. So, so you're really, <laughs> so you're just really depending on the 5% um, of your audience. You're like, dude, I can bank those views. And well, in a way I've almost got like that. Like, it sounds like a sales funnel of uh, like YouTube channels or the main channel. I have a really dedicated audience, especially in the comments section, which is something that I'm so proud of because I've spent for the first uh, I answered every comment up until I hit a million subscribers, and I made it like it was almost like an OCD compulsion, where I, would, <laughs> where I wouldn't go to bed until I answered all the comments, and I wow. wouldn't get out of bed in the morning until I answered all the comments. And so I would wake up an hour early every morning on my phone. I'd stay in bed just answering comments, go to bed answering comments. That was it. Um, so we cultivated a really great community between myself and like everyone who comments. Um, but from that main channel. Then we also have the second channel, the Graham Stephan show, which is just reactions. Because I wanted, to, I I looked up to like Cody Co, and I loved his reactions that he were. I thought it was so funny. So I thought, well, if I could apply that to finance content, then I could build out that audience too. So then I've noticed a, a transition from like some of the main channel go to the second channel, and then we started the podcast, and then we noticed, oh wow, some of the people from the main channel, second channel, are then funneling into the podcast, right? And then from the podcast, we got. Uh, you know, this the family vlog channel, which I'm still trying to figure out what, what, what's going on with that. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, we had this, this funnel where it's like you, you distill the audience more and more and more. And then the Stefamily is really like the core people. Yeah, where, if you watch the Stefamily, the, the you're, <laughs> yeah. you're like a fan. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So we usually get anywhere from like twenty to 50,000 views a video on the Stefamily. And those are the people who uh, uh, will watch it. I don't want to say we'll watch anything, but... Uh, but just care about you enough to see what's going on in your personal life. Right. But so, you know, my strategy on YouTube is basically to, to whatever you're interested in, hopefully, if it's personal finance related, you, you enjoy some part of it. A lot of people say, listen, I've outgrown the main channel. I, I figured I, I've, I've known everything on there. I've extracted all the data that I could learn from that. But I loved the iced coffee hour because I hear a new perspective on things. And every guest has a different story. So we like we really like that. And funny enough, it seems like the Ice Coffee Hour. It's it's a lot of you like big YouTubers watch the Ice Coffee Hour. Like I was shocked to hear that like Zach King listens to the Ice Coffee. Like like that's a part of his like Sunday routine. Same with like Faze Rug, who, who mentioned like he listens. I was like what? Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Or like Tanner Fox, they'd listen to the Ice Coffee Hour. I was blown away. And uh, I'm sure if we really go into the numbers, it's like how many people really watch the Ice Coffee Hour just because it's like it, they feel like. Uh, they get a different perspective on things. So yeah, and I think you know, looking at the iced coffee hour, how many subs do you have on it now? Two hundred six. Two hundred six. So like, I think if you looked at, I, I guess your most valuable subscribers, they're probably on the iced coffee yes. hour. Yeah, because you know that's something that we look at in business too. Is like you know you're always looking at demographics and other things, and um, in business that's how you choose where to put your time. It's like, yeah. hey, where's where's the most valuable use of my time and. I was thinking that, you know, with podcast, I've seen it even with my own that, man, if somebody's willing to sit through an hour, they're pretty devoted. And also, too, um, you know, having all these cool guys you have on and cool people, like, they know that, hey, you know what? It's just not all about Graham now. Like, I know what Graham thinks on a lot of things, but I love to hear, you know, so-and-so on this. Right. And honestly, none of that would have been possible without the credibility of the main channel. Right. Or using that to kickstart it. Because had I started up the Iced Coffee Hour, just like, hey, brand new to YouTube, <laughs> the Iced Coffee Hour, first of all, no one would come on. And especially in the beginning, we purposely would have on people that uh, we knew would appeal to YouTube, that people would, would know them, they would click on their names, they had an interesting story, 
And, you know, even now we're still in a growth phase where if we want to continue with that trajectory, we have to have, we have to be strategic about who we have on. Right. So it's, it's very, so we, we pre-screen a lot of our guests to make sure that we have the right people on at the right times. Right. So that we don't, uh, you know, falter. Yeah. I think with what you guys are doing with the podcast, um, you know, most of them are kind of YouTubers or, um, you know, I think you guys have had a few people that aren't really on mm-hmm. YouTube, but to me, it's like, okay, this is definitely the spot if you want to hear like YouTubers raw, you know, and, and see how they really think and other things. Cause right. When you make a 10 minute video, you're not getting like the full personality of somebody. It's more like to me a script and it's, it's like acting versus the podcast is very real. And you're like, Oh, like that's how that guy naturally is. It's, it's yeah. usually different than um, a 10 minute video where you got to like hype yourself up and like get going. Yeah. But it's also very interesting that a lot of those people want to talk about money and business, but they can't on their platform because it's so different. So imagine if someone like, you know, uh, so-and-so is, you know, has a channel that appeals to millions of people. They can't say, hey, guys, here's my, how much money I make because it's that's not their style. It's not their demographic. But on the Ice Coffee Hour, they could talk about all of those things because it's someone else asking them those questions and it just comes up in context. Yeah. So when are you going to get uh, Mr. Beast on the Ice Coffee Hour, dude? We'll have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. His schedule is so busy, though. That dude's crazy. So we had his manager on, uh, who was amazing. But, uh, yeah, we got to get him on. But but the thing is, too, I, I look at this, and Colin and Samir did a podcast with Mr. Beast so well. Sometimes I look at that, I'm like, jeez, oh, if I, if I what, can't make what? mine better, then, you know, what's the point? And so sometimes I see other people's videos, I'm like, that was a perfect video. I can't do it better than that. So I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Well, you can ask him about, uh, you know, his Squid Game video. Like, yeah. there's new updates on sure, what that's he's true. doing. That was, that was crazy, by the way. Yeah. I can't, like, that broke YouTube's record, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was 100 million views in 48 hours. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it was crazy. I think it was that that got more views the first week than the actual Squid Games on Netflix. But then again, you can't compare, you know, eight hours of content with 20 minutes. Right. But still, I mean, just... For Mr. Beast to do that with a month worth of work on a fraction of the budget is, is and, and get more views overall is just incredible. Yeah. Somebody was telling me Squid Games was like, or Netflix was trying to sue him or something. I don't know if that's true. I didn't hear any of that. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if there's, because he's Mr. Beast. I bet anyone would be like, hey, he kind of, I'm going to sue just because he's Mr. Beast. And yeah. what? It's so from from my perspective, yeah. it's like, dude, he just brought Squid Games even more attention. I agree. Like, that was free marketing. 100 yeah. million views. Well, that's how I feel about a lot of music, too. Like, uh, I think a lot of, you know how SoundCloud was, was really big? Well, I think TikTok is going to be, like, the next big segue for a lot of musicians. And, like, it seems like on YouTube, they're like, you can't use that because that's my music. You can't. Like, it's great promotion. Is, it's like, dude, yeah, you could... If you're a no-name musician, if you get one song that goes viral yes. on TikTok, you're known. You've made your career, and if you could continue that, oh, gosh. I mean, just the the billions of views that you could get every month. Like, uh, there, there's one, uh, a Madonna remix of her song Frozen. And, uh, gosh, this guy blew up on YouTube. He's got millions of subscribers now. Uh, and he blew up on t- because of his remix of Madonna on TikTok that everyone is using now when they go to these, like, really cool locations where they're like running off a cliff and it's Madonna's Frozen remix. Well, you know what's funny is, uh, you know, obviously people are getting really famous on TikTok, like out of nowhere, right? You see like Addison Rae, she just signed, you know, did a movie on Netflix. You see Bella Porch and, you know, they're making music now, right? 
Um, but it's funny because I think the very first person to really go viral on a platform and, and like make a huge career out of it was Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber got um, found on YouTube. Yeah. He was just, I don't know, just you know, singing some song, and Usher saw him, and then boom. And I remember hearing that story. You know, he was like what, 12, 13 Something years old. Like that, yeah. And it's just like, dang, he got found on YouTube. And back at then, that was like a crazy thing. Yeah. And then now today, it's like, oh, well, of course, that's yeah. how you get found. Yeah. So, but I could see that happening on TikTok. I think, especially with musicians, I think that I don't think it's been. I don't want to say that. I don't think it's been an easier time for music, but in terms of going from nothing to a hundred really quickly, I agree. It yeah. is the easiest time to be yeah. a musician because you don't need management the way you used to to you know go sign a deal and you know make things happen. Like, dude, you just put your stuff out to the world and you're gonna get people stomping at yeah. your door. I remember. Yeah. Well, I remember too. This was like ten years ago. Drake was like one of the first guys to really do that. I remember he put out. His mixtapes was like 2008, 2009. And I remember hearing his mixtapes. I'm like, this guy, this guy is cool. And then I remember there was this huge frenzy of like, you know, Lil Wayne and Rick Ross and all these guys trying to sign him. And he didn't yeah. have to go the route of like all these other guys where they signed for pennies. He's like, dude, you guys are about to pay me a boatload of money like off the bat. Yeah. The only difference now is that I feel like musicians also have to be great marketers. And if Drake didn't have Degrassi, would he have still had the same success? Because that that at least got him through the door. Because I remember hearing his first few songs, and be like, "Oh, that's that's Drake from Degrassi, right? What? Yeah." And I was like, "But the music's good. How is he able to do this?" Yeah, because he and just like, plays such a nerdy guy. On, yeah. yeah, he's like, "This uh, guy's a rapper." <laughs> but but he was able to use that as like his catalyst to getting in a lot of these places. So I feel like now as a musician, like you need that little boost, or you need some. You need to be good at marketing. Otherwise, uh, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And the thing I always tell people is like content is marketing, right? Like you're marketing something, whether you're trying to get people to subscribe and get more views or whether you're marketing your business or you're marketing, you know, your company so people can come work for you. Like there's there's always something that your video is trying to market to. And so it's like understanding what you're trying to do with all your content. Um, but I think... Speaking of TikTok, you and I had this conversation when we first met, you know, you, when was this? This was, I think, you gave me my yeah. viral video, man. I went from <laughs> nothing. Well, not nothing. I think I had like a few thousand subscribers on followers on TikTok. To yeah. Like 250,000 within like a few days. Yeah. We, because we made a bet live video. Yeah. We were like, I was like, show people what you make on YouTube. And I guarantee you, you're going to get millions of views. And how many views did it get? Uh, 17 million views. 17 you, million. You said a million views. And I said at least a million. Yeah, and it yeah. did 17 million views. That's crazy, yeah. dude. So me, You should just give me an idea. What's your next idea? What should I do on TikTok? Well, you know what's funny is, like, my TikTok has changed. You know, when I first met you, I, I was trying to build my TikTok platform, and so every day I filmed two TikToks a day, and I edited them myself on the phone. I just did them selfie style, whatever. And that built me up a few hundred thousand or followers. And I was like, dude, I'm like kind of burnt out of this. And luckily I started doing the podcast. And so I found a really good guy who could cut up my podcast and then just make them into TikToks. And so for like the last half a million followers, I haven't even made TikToks. They're just cut up the best conversations. How many, how many do you have now on TikTok? Like 920. Are you serious? Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. So we're almost in a million. The goal is to get to a million by the end of the year. Wow. Yeah. So, and it's literally without really any effort. 
I'm sure that there's going to be a TikTok that we do from this podcast that's going to do over a million views. It's probably this conversation right now. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see, guys. Prove me wrong. Make sure you guys share this video on TikTok. Um, But yeah, so I don't do much thinking on like TikTok ideas anymore because the team just kind of takes the best clips. But I would say for you, man, like the funny thing about TikTok, you kind of mentioned it with YouTube earlier of like uh, somewhat copying, um, you know, successful videos and Mm -hmm. stuff. You already had a 17 million view video. Just do it again. Do an update. Oh, geez, really? Yeah. I'm it's just like the same thing, but maybe not. Yeah, but that was like over yeah. a year ago. Right. If you just do it again, yeah. I guarantee you. It's the same, though. million like, plus. My income is the same. People don't know that. People have never seen that video. It's old now. Just like you remake Gosh. videos on YouTube, you know, a year later with an update. This is an update. All right. All right. You think another million views? At least a million. Oh, come on. Okay. But, but now you have like a high ceiling to break. <laughs> you know, you got to beat 17 million. All right. So I think TikTok's great. Um, I'm just curious, like, why you haven't put more effort into it. Because, like, you're saying, like, I believe in it. And then at the time, I think over a year ago, you were like, eh, I don't care. Yeah, no, I really believe in it. Uh, you know, it was uh, who really kind of solidified that was Erica Kohlberg. I'm not sure yep. if you've seen her content. But, yeah, she had that one, like, uh, you know, where did you learn about this? I learned about it from Erica. Yeah. Subscribe for more, like, something like that. And uh, now everyone copies that that format, but her video got like 60 70 million views she's gone from <laughs> nothing to five and a half million followers on tiktok from nothing to you know uh what is it a million instagram followers right it's nuts but seeing to, that she found a format that works and just continued it uh for me it's just i don't know i just i, can't, I have a hard time getting into it and for me it's, it's all about like what i'm interested in I, I don't spend a lot of time on TikTok. Right. Um, I'm just not that excited about it. Like, I know I should be. It's like, you know you should be going to the gym every day. Like, <laughs> it's a good thing to do. I just can't get into it. I don't know why. There's just, there's a block that just... You, you know what's funny is... Um, yeah. So I was hanging out with Erica um, at FinCon in Austin, Texas yeah. before she blew up. And she was asking me about TikTok and business and stuff. Um her and I've been doing some different business things and she posted that first video and I think she had like 250,000 followers and uh, she texts me and she's like dude this is crazy like I went from zero to 250 in like a week and I I took a look at it because I'd seen it and I go literally just remake that video over and over again and I was like you'll be I guarantee you you're going to be over a million in a month Mm -hmm. but she like shattered what I thought I know and uh it's funny just like seeing it. I'm like, and that that was the point is like, dude, when you get a successful video, just literally remake it over and over again. Like that's all these TikTokers do, you know, and to a degree, I mean, it's, it's what YouTubers do too. It's like, you know, I remember watching Kevin when he started blowing up last year, you know, he makes a stimulus video and then, you know, he makes another one and another one. And he's yeah. like, he took it to the extreme of like, I'll just make five of these a day. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, that that's yeah. literally how you take that idea of just doing that's the same true. thing over and over and just dominating. That's true. Part of me, it's just, I've gotten to a point now where I just, I feel like repeating myself, I'm just, I'm getting You're bored. Of, I, yeah, and I can't bring myself to do it. I know I should. And uh, you know what? For you, I'm going to do it again. 
on TikTok. <laughs> do it, dude. So for you, I'm gonna I'm gonna share I'm, it. I'll do it. We're gonna blow Thanks. it up. So I'll do that. Uh, the only TikTok idea that I was actually excited about, uh, and this might be super lame. Be honest with me about this idea, but because I got this like 13 foot Christmas tree, it's like it's crazy when you actually like get side by side. Like it, it doesn't show well on camera. But uh, I've got everybody's reaction coming in the house. Oh wow, that's that's great! Like, and I got like five reactions like that. So I thought it would be fun to do a TikTok about the biggest Christmas tree that I could find. Show the reactions. Oh wow, wow! Before I show the tree, then show the tree with like everyone standing next to it, looking up. And I don't yeah. know if that. And I thought like around the holidays it might do, but maybe that's boring. I don't know. Be be honest. Maybe um, that's I've I've seen anything go viral on TikTok, especially Christmas season. Yeah. So. I think you'd have to do it pretty soon, though. Yeah, Christmas yeah. is coming I would do up. it this week. Yeah. But I like the idea. I think, though, you can make the YouTube video in five minutes, and yes. uh, <laughs> it's going to get millions. But what could I do beyond the YouTube video? Um, you know what I would do, dude? Yeah. Uh, two different things. One, I think you could just copy me and just repurpose what you've already got, right? Just find a guy who's really good at taking your existing content and turning it into TikToks. That way, it doesn't really take any more time out of your day, mm-hmm. and it's exactly what I did. Uh, the second thing I think you could do is just kind of take the key points um, from your YouTubes and make them into one minute, you know, because, you know, like a lot of times, right, there's like three bullet points. Yes. You know, just hit them in one minute. The market's doing this. Here's why, you know, whatever. Right. Watch this to see what stock you should pick. And then you do it. You yeah. just take because now you're not even creating a new idea. You're just making two versions of it, the 10 minute and the yeah. one minute. Are TikToks ever evergreen like let's say five passive income ideas to make a thousand dollars a month can i is that the video that i could make once and then it just keeps getting recommended or is it like you post a video (laughs) gets pushed for a week it's done well there's no seo like there is on youtube where people can go search for that video you're just banking on the algorithm showing it you know and and the algorithm does show videos from months ago Mm -hmm. i'll have videos that you know whatever they got certain amount of views and then i'll look at them a month or two later, I'm like, how did this get so many views? It just went viral. And um, so that can happen, but it's just not search-based. Got it. So I would need to continually remake content to get it pushed. Right. Okay. But I think, too, and this is my opinion, is that TikTok, you know, when you have people like Erica and stuff who, like, really have a viral video, your next videos, they're just going to, like, push it out. Yes. Because they know. And... You know, you had the 17 million one. And so, like, I think to me, and I don't know for sure, but I think TikTok has a tab of, you know, people that they want to see succeed. I think you'd probably be one of those people. Um, And I actually had a TikTok expert on here that um, was talking about this. He was like, yeah, internally, TikTok has said, like, a lot of things um, about the algorithm that whereas YouTube's, like, very mysterious, TikTok is very forthcoming with, like, what they want to see. And um, we were talking about it on the podcast. Like, they have, like, a beauty filter. Like, they know when there's an attractive person sure. making content. And they, like, want to push that. <laughs> so it's crazy, dude. You know what? I uh, We could try this, you and I, if you're interested. But I did a video with Zach King. And this is the last video I did on TikTok. It did one 1. 1.6 million views. And all I did, and I just went up said, uh, Zach, how much money do you make? And he, and he answered it. And then we, and he basically showed me his TikTok thing, which, which was kind of cool, where 
part of part of me thinks it went viral because of how low the amount was. I think it was like five to twenty or like five to fifteen dollars a day. Yeah, for Zach King, and and so maybe it was that. But maybe that's a cool format. Hey, how much money do you make? Like you know yeah. the, the 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 car guy was in Daniel something. Uh, yeah, yeah, Daniel Mac. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you do for a living? Yep. Maybe I could be like, hey, how much money do you make? You should. I mean, yeah. you should just ask. And it doesn't have to be on TikTok. It could be you asking the YouTubers. It could be you asking TikTok, whatever, right? Yeah. I think that's tight. That's a good idea. Okay. And, I mean, you have the YouTubers come to your studio anyway for the podcast. Every time you do a podcast, just bust out a TikTok after. Have you ever wanted to invest in real estate, but you didn't have the time to find deals yourself? That's where Fundrise comes in. Fundrise is a crowdfunding platform that has transacted over $5 billion in real estate and has over 150,000 active investors. While many funds, like my own, require accredited investors, Fundrise allows anyone to invest with as little as $500. If you'd like to learn more, check out Fundrise.com. Once again, that's Fundrise.com. Are you looking to find off-market real estate deals? One of the best tools my team uses is Batch Leads. With Batch Leads, you're able to pull data, manage lists, and send text messages. On top of that, you can get nationwide access to the MLS to get pictures and comps. My team has used Batch Leads to get some of our best deals, so I know it works. If you want to start today, you can get half off your first month by going to batchleads.io and using the promo code RYAN. Once again, that's batchleads.io, promo code RYAN, for half off your first month. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I should have done that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There's your idea. One a week. Gosh, you know what's crazy? I had to, I missed the opportunity. Stella Berry, she was on OnlyFans, or is on OnlyFans. Uh, but she was making about $200,000 a month. That's crazy. And, yeah. And uh, I missed the opportunity to do a TikTok. That would have been, that that oh, been good. Man. Oh, wow. But now you I know. didn't think about it. Yeah. Every single one. And those TikToks are easy. Like, oh, yeah. you don't need to, like, do heavy editing or anything. just like, no. how much do you make? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Yeah, I like that idea for you, dude. So... Let's transition a little bit, man. Right. So, obviously, you know, you've made your mark doing content, and, uh, you know, that's served you obviously really well. And now you're starting to transition into starting businesses and investing in businesses. So, tell me about, like, what those businesses are and how you're doing them. Yeah, the first one was uh, Yada Bank. <laughs> that was, like, a <laughs> like an angel investment. And that was just a company that I saw a video on on YouTube and I really I thought they were so cool so I downloaded it and I <laughs> loved it and I used it myself I reached out to the creator with Ask Sebi and I told him hey I watched your video on it I love it it's such a cool company like thanks for the recommendation and he put me in touch with the the uh, creator of the company turned out they were raising their, like one of their early rounds of funding and I was like I want in on this and so that was my first like experience investing in something like that and Ask Sebi really was so helpful, like walking me through because it's so different than anything else. But that's what got me really excited. Like, wow, these are all these companies that like I could use and like that I enjoy and I could put my money in them instead of in stocks or in real estate. It's just different. Well, you're putting so, it into a company that you have, you know, knowledge in. Yeah. Like intimate knowledge. Right. So So I started doing that and uh, you know, I think I got like five or six of them now that I've just invested into. Some some as little as like ten grand <laughs> Uh, others are, are, gosh, probably now in like the low seven figures, uh, just in various companies. But, uh, I really enjoyed that. And that was, and that was fun. And at the same, really around the same time as that, we uh, started Bankroll Coffee, which, uh, 
you know, I, I love coffee and my whole thing was I just want to sell really, not really cheap, but I want to sell coffee at cost that uh, it's, it's the cheap, I believe it's the least expensive coffee delivered to your door. Mm. We have free shipping over $35, which is basically like our low, or I think it's like 30 bucks, our lowest that we could go without actually losing money on the deal <laughs> with free shipping. So, uh, so we've been doing that. I mean, it's obviously not as cheap as going to the grocery store, but like considering that you're getting it shipped and it's a premium coffee uh, roasted in California and then just like shipped the next day. But it's, that's been fun. And uh, that's cool to have something like you put your own name on it. And I that's all I drink now is my own coffee. Right. Which is cool. But uh, people really like it. And so our goal is to grow the subscription base. So uh, a lot of the coffee sometimes will sell it like a bit of a loss. Like we did a Black Friday deal where we sold our coffee at like a dollar loss per bag at like $3.99 uh, for a premium coffee. And uh, our goal was that people would like it enough to then subscribe and get it on like a weekly or bi-weekly or monthly basis. Yeah. So we just want to grow the subscribers right now. Yeah. So with growing the subscribers, obviously the the business has more value and everything, even if it's not making money yet, right? The goal is like growth. Yeah. So do you guys plan to, you know, grow it to a certain level before you're able to get economies of scale and start being more profitable? Pretty much. Like, uh, you know, people pay a lot of money for marketing in the very beginning. Well, our marketing is basically, hey, let's just not make any money on it. Yeah. So that, that's a, it's a good pitch. The customer, <coughs> the customer likes it because they're saving money. And for us, it's like, so what? Like, it's not like we're going to be, it's not life-changing if we're going to make an extra dollar a bag of coffee. So we may as well just yeah. give it back. But and, once you uh, have... Yeah. 100,000 subscribers, then it changes. There'll be a point where, like right now, coffee prices are actually going up. So like we we are forced to raise our prices. And I think I mentioned this in a video. And uh, I was like, guys, like we're not going to raise our prices through the end of the year, even though it's now costing us like 70 cents a bag more. Um, Or it's like $1.30 a bag more. And I was shocked that everyone was like, Grant, raise your prices. Like, raise your, yeah. like, do this. I would gladly pay more. Stop, like, stop. Don't, don't, so, yeah. Yeah. Make which, a smart business decision. Right, which right. I was shocked at. I thought everyone would be like, oh, Grant, thanks so much for not, but everyone was like, raise the price. I'll pay more. Uh, so that was good to hear. Well, but yeah. And I've actually wondered this about you many times is like, you know, I think obviously you've, you've built this, uh, I don't want to say caricature, but like of being cheap and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, being the guy who's not going to spend money and save yeah. and ev- everything else. And it's made me wonder about, you know, potential products and businesses and services you're going to have in the future, right? Like, this is the first wave. And it kind of confirmed it of like, hey, we want to be the cheapest. Like, that's the brand. We want to give the best value for the lowest price, yes. you know. Um, do you, obviously, you're very concerned about, like, even raising it a dollar, right? And so how do you see that with like running businesses going forward between like wanting to represent, you know, your personal brand well as being, I, I would call it the people's champ, yeah. you know, versus, Hey dude, I got to make smart business decisions. Like this is not, Tough. well, you know, everything I've always started just because I've been really like obsessed and passionate with it. And they've always done well, like with the YouTube channel, like I wasn't making any money for the first, like really two years compared to what I was doing as a real estate agent, but I just liked it. Yeah. So I always just assume that if you have a good product and you're really into it, it's just naturally going to do well. So I've never really focused much on like making the smart business choices because <laughs> usually I feel like the smart business choice is just to be really passionate about it. Um, and if you are, then you'll do the things that tend to make more money. But yeah, no, they'll, 
there's got to be a point where we got to raise prices and uh, or we got it. We got to build in a little bit more margin. Now we do have margin, like like a, a good healthy profit on like accessories. So when people buy a mug, we have higher markups on mugs or like straws yeah. and different things like that. So we the that, merch, that, right? So that's yeah. generally where like we'll make some money back. Is like we'll sell the coffee. The coffee could be a loss leader, but if they order the mug. Yeah, and they spent over thirty with the free shipping. Then we can make, make money. Money that we could reinvest, but it, it's like buying a new car with the warranty. They make yeah. their money on the warranty, right? So at at some point, my my goal is that like you know if we get tens of thousands of people on a subscription, even if it's a small amount, spread that throughout so many people who have it on a recurring basis, uh, it would give us a lot more value and leverage, right? And so at that point, um, you know, either we just continue on that trajectory. Or, uh, you know, maybe partner with a bigger brand. I have no clue. But I just, le- it, like, to me, if it, if it, nothing happens with it, great. If, if something happens to it and, you know, it's we all partner great. with someone else and they, they, you know, buy 50% of it, cool. Well, that's what I was thinking is, like, you know, eventually, if you guys do take it to the next level, you'll end up being acquired or you'll get some new, you know, investors. And, you know, at that point, they're going to want to make better business decisions. More yeah, profitable we, ones. Yeah, we don't want to raise any money because we don't need to. Right. So my thing is, like, the fewer people, the fewer cooks in the kitchen, the better. And if, right. if we don't need to raise money, if it's something we could do ourselves, which we could just do ourselves. So, like, there's no point raising money. But uh, the hardest part for me is removing myself from the brand because right now it, it helps to sell if I'm the face of it, which, fine. But eventually, I, I would love for this to be a coffee brand I don't think we're ever going to be in stores. It's just too expensive to be in stores. But like where people could go to bankrollcoffee.com and still buy coffee not knowing me. Like that would be the biggest compliment is right. that they have no they idea who like I They just like the brand. But they're like, oh, that's a cool bag of coffee. I saw it at someone's house because the packaging is really cool. I just wanted to buy it. Yeah. That was oh, it. I love that. I've thought about that too with my businesses. It's like, you know, I am the face of all of them and I market for all of them. And, um, you know, like with Future Flipper and Education, I've thought about this and I'm like, Man, at some point, if I ever wanted to step back, right? Like, we have coaches and we have all these other things too, but like, could we, you know, run efficiently without me having to market it, you know? And so thinking about new strategies that aren't dependent on me is definitely what I've been thinking about as well. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. Well, because because we get all the free traffic anyway, right? Like, if we go buy Facebook ads with, you know, or no name on it, just, hey, here's Future Flipper. It's a, real estate education company here's bankroll coffee you know it's a coffee company but there's no graham there's no ryan yeah we do, we already know it's not going to do as good no i would look at like grant cardone at that because he to me he's uh like especially for real estate the biggest face of what he does and you take him out of it i don't know if cardone capital well first of all cardone capital like you have to yeah. change the name then yeah uh but i th- i feel like if that were possible to do he would have already done it Maybe, but yeah. but Grant is such an integral figure of that that uh, or D- Dave Ramsey has been trying to do that, and yeah. he's gone from you know the Dave Ramsey show to the Ramsey show, changing a lot of his stuff to the Ramsey <coughs> Network, um, but now his children are kind of taking over it. Well, I think when you look at those guys compared to you and I, you and I are both low thirties. I'm thirty two. You're thirty one. One. And, you know, like, we're already thinking about it in our low 30s. Like, those guys have been using their name for I know. longer than we've been alive, yeah. right? That's and true. so for them, they're just kind of like, they've ridden it to the top, so you can't hate the strategy. 
you know? And I don't even know that Cardone wants to have his name off anything. Like, he yeah, loves true. it, yeah, you know? I agree. Whereas Ramsey, I don't know, Dave, but, you know, obviously he's making the moves too. Yeah. Make it more like a legacy company, like yes. freaking Johnson & Johnson. Like, yeah, Ramsey, he was some guy. <laughs> yeah. But now this is this financial education network. So it's interesting. But I think... uh Man, there's just really nothing more powerful for a business than having, you know, a personal brand behind it. I mean, Elon Musk is no different, right? Yeah. Like, Tesla is only so valuable because Elon is the face. And if Elon were to resign tomorrow, what would happen to Tesla stock? Yeah. It'd be not but good. But you know what? Jeff Bezos walked away from Amazon. Uh, you know, when Steve Jobs passed, Tim Cook took over, and those brands survived and excelled. Well, Amazon might be too, too soon, but at least with Apple. Yeah. I was shocked, and I thought originally I'm like, oh, when is, you know something happens to Steve Jobs, there there goes the innovation. But Apple's continued to do well. Yeah, they have, and Tim Cook is really taking. I don't. It in a good I don't direction. know that their innovation is as good anymore because I mean, I don't even know other than the Apple Watch, mm. other than improving the current. Maybe they're just improving the car. But, I mean, if they do the cars, if they do self-driving autonomous cars, Apple cars. I've, That'd be sick. I've been thinking Apple should have gotten cars forever now. Well, I think Apple's also, all these guys are focused on VR and the metaverse. So I think Apple's going to be at the forefront of that as well yeah. when it comes. Um, but I think the only difference with Jobs and Bezos versus Musk is Musk has such a huge social media following that mm -hmm. those guys weren't really active outside sure. of their business. Like, everyone knows, knows who they are, but it's like, does anyone really know Jeff Bezos' personality or, you know, people know Elon's a character and this dude likes memes and he's just, he'll say whatever he wants and you never know, like he's unpredictable. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes with them. But, um, you know, Tesla obviously is doing pretty well. So whatever he's going to do, he just, just keep doing it. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's, it's pretty cool just seeing you transition into the business side. One thing that I'm curious about for your transition is, uh, you know, time continues to go on is like, at what point do you think you'll start delegating more, you know? And cause I know you still do like almost everything yourself. Um, I know you got Jack and Alex now who are fantastic mm -hmm. and that's allowed you to grow and get more time back. But like, do you ever see yourself being less attached? No, I doubt it. I've, uh, Al I've been training Alex now to edit my main channel videos. Yeah. So uh, for the last month, I've I've edited all the videos myself, but then I paid him to edit the videos too. Just to compare. And then, and then we compare side by side to see his edits versus mine, and we try to get them as similar as possible. So now he's started to edit my main channel videos. And, uh, you know, that's freeing up, I don't know, 15 hours a week. It's a lot. I would say. Yeah, it is. It is. So that's allowed me to like do stuff like this um right. because alex is editing a video that might post today right now so it's it's nice but uh i i i kind of miss having that like uh that bit where it's like me you know because f the editing for me is really creative and it's, i i just zone out um and just kind of go through the motions but you could add in your own little funny bits here and there i still do that with <laughs> alex but it's not the same but Alex is able to put his own fun spin on things. Right. Uh, and You're like, I would that was say, good. Yeah. And I would mm -hmm. say that, I mean, we spend probably two hours. So he edits a video for eight hours. And I'll spend another two hours with him going over it myself. You guys like, spend 10 hours editing one video? Yeah. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His, his portion alone is eight hours. Uh, this, he has not gotten it down yet. 
eventually he'll get good enough where he could do five hours. But uh, you know, going over it again and like every frame, I'm like, that take that a little bit shorter, make that a little longer. Sometimes we'll drop the audio and extend it into the next clip so it doesn't sound like too abrupt yeah. of a cut. We'll put pictures over certain things and. I'll put my take on things. So we, we really try to craft it and make it, like, perfect. Right. But um, I don't know. Uh, maybe eventually I'll get another person. <laughs> I it's, it's just minor things. Like, sometimes I just I forget a lot of a lot of stuff. Uh, so if I could, like, snap my fingers and just pay someone to, like, remember everything for me, I would. But then it's managing another person. And uh, then it's like, well, I may as well just do it at that point. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'll attest to Graham's forgetfulness. I'll text him, and then like I'll get a text back later, like two weeks later. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot know, about this. It sucks because uh, <laughs> I probably get like thirty to forty texts a day, and it's like, and when I pl- when I make the videos, I don't look at my phone. It's like yeah, I'm you're very in, you're in the zone. Strict about that. Uh, that the only people who get my attention really are like Jack, Macy, Alex. That's it. Like even I hate to say it, like even my mom and dad like they'll they'll like text during that, and I'll do my best to get back to them. Right. But like, yeah, when I, when I'm during the week and I have to like get these videos out, like that, that's gotta be the priority. Like otherwise the video doesn't get done. Right. But so. I mean, at the end of the day, I, uh, for everyone listening, that is the level that it takes to be the best in your craft. You know, at the end of the day, like you've made it, you know, you don't have to continue being so meticulous. Like in my opinion, even if you spent, two hours on a video, mm-hmm. you would still do extremely oh, well. No, but, no, no, but, no, no, no. Yeah. yeah, I have to be more careful now Well, because but my, I have to spend more time But because so many people are watching. Well, I would just say, like, my point is you've only gotten to where you're at because you care that much about it, mm-hmm. right? And so that you look at the greatest athletes, you look at the greatest businesses. We were just talking about Steve Jobs. He was famous for being so meticulous mm-hmm. about every little detail of it. And for you to be that meticulous about your craft. You know, your video is, you know, your craft. And, you know, every frame by frame, breaking it down, putting 10 hours still Mm. into these videos when you could just cash it in at this point, right? Like, that says a lot about why you got to where you're at. Yeah. So that's super cool, man. Yeah, I don't think I could ever outsource to that point where I could walk away or just, like, get a script every day and just, like, say the script and leave and, like, trust somebody. Even all the... All the titles and thumbnails I do myself still. That's crazy. Every single one of them. Right. Uh, because it's got to be perfect. If, if there's any sort of <coughs> error on a title or thumbnail that's not perfect, there goes the entire video. It's like then it, the whole video is ruined. Right. So it's got to be perfect. I'll say, I, I've thought about this too, is like I'm kind of detached. Like I take the totally opposite approach, mainly because I don't enjoy editing. I don't even know how. I don't know how to make a thumbnail. I can't do any of it anyway nor do I want to learn. Um, but when a video flops for me, I'm just like, eh, you know, whatever. Like, I filmed for 20 minutes, and it didn't do good. Like, it is, but yeah. when you spend 10 hours editing yeah. it and everything, and it flops, like, that's definitely it is. devastating. Oh, and that's just editing. That's not even including planning. There's probably another 8 to 10 hours of planning that go into each video with another probably 2 hours of filming. That's crazy. So there's a lot of work that goes into every single video that has walk, to be perfect. Walk me through the process. So for anyone listening, like that's 20 hours to make one video. That's yeah. a full day, right? Well, actually, that's two days, really. Yeah, that's why I can only post three a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how how are, from start to finish, like how are you getting the idea from conception to yeah. scripting? Usually I'll wake up around like 7 a.m. Sometimes the earliest 6, latest 7.30, you know, somewhere around there. 
but I'll spend the first two hours reading everything on the internet, like everything. And and I do that listening to Meet Kevin's live stream. So so, so you're like absorbing all this information. Yeah. Where are you Correct. like? What do you look at? What websites? Uh, well, I start with YouTube. So I'll listen to Kevin's live stream and I'll see what other people are posting on YouTube that day. Then I'll see what is getting recommended on my homepage on YouTube because that's whatever YouTube is recommending at the time. So the, like those are the topics it thinks that people want to see the most of. Right. So I'll, I'll look at that and I'll see like what people are posting, what's getting recommended right now by YouTube. Then I will go on CNBC. I'll scroll through every single article that they posted that day, like everything. Then I do the Wall Street Journal. Then I do CNN Money. Uh, then I have this one website, I don't know what it is, I randomly came across it, that aggregates all of the business articles online into one homepage. Wow. And there are updates every minute. Oh. And also, uh, yeah, seriously, because you got to think, this aggregates information from like 20 websites and posts them all, like consecutively when they post. So I just scroll through them and I'll just see like, if does anything stand out to me that I think would be a good YouTube video or that's a cool topic? Uh... I'll go through Reddit. I'll see what people are talking about on Reddit. But just about two hours there where I just see what's going on in the day. And the worst days where it's like there's nothing going on. And I got to get a video out. Right. So on those days, I usually have a backlog of like 10 video ideas where it's like I could post them at any point. They're more evergreen. Yeah. Like today's video is one because there's not really that much going on over the weekend. So uh, the top five credit cards to get for beginners in 2022. Like I've, I've done one of those videos a year. And uh, it's a good time to get that video out because right. there's otherwise not much going on. So I'll then revert back to an evergreen video. And usually by the time I'm done with that, something will happen in the market or there's something to talk about. And then I could make a video on that. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work just to pick the top. Picking the topic is, I think, one of the hardest parts. Like once I have a topic, I could usually force myself to sit down and plan it out. Right. Uh, and it sucks because sometimes you're just not in the mood. It's just you sit there and you just yeah like I know I got an hour goes go. by and you got nothing done and you get, you get upset you're just like oh, I just wasted an hour like I could have done all these things an hour that I just sat here doing nothing right and there are those times you just gotta suck it up and uh, usually what I've done is like uh, I don't end my day until that video is planned like if if I like what I'll do is I'll make like a, a to do list and even if it's just like Monday plan a video. I do not end the day until I plan the video. Right. Like, it just doesn't happen. I'll, I'll always plan it. And sometimes if I'm getting, if it's like 2 p.m. and I'm only like 10% through, and what I'll do is then I'll say, well, I'll reward myself. I'll get DoorDash sushi for 60 <laughs> bucks. Yeah. But I'll get that as my reward when I finish. And I'll always finish because I want the sushi. Right. Uh, and I don't think there's ever been a time where I've set a goal like that. I just haven't done it. You just find a way to do it. Yeah. So I get it planned. I think uh, one principle I use is called Parkinson's Law, which basically states that if you give yourself a certain amount of time, you will use that certain amount of time, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, for me, um, if I said, hey, I got all day to do this one video, then I will take all day. Yep. It's like what kids do in school. They procrastinate till the very last minute. Um but, like, I literally don't have time to do all the content. So I'm like, hey, I literally got an hour to film this video. And so it makes my mind think, like, okay, well, I only got an hour to script this thing out, come up with the idea, film it, and, like, let's roll. And then, like, that's what we do. And what you see is based on just kind of that thought process. And, you know, I think I could do way better videos if I devoted 
whatever, more time. But I'm like, dude, it's just not that important to me to like create the very bad. I'm like, for me, I'm just like quantity over quality. I'm like Kevin at this point, like, dude, just like, let's just talk. And yeah, you know, that's, it's just easier. And, but to see like your process, um, you use a very similar reward system of like, hey, you know what? I got to finish by this time so I can order DoorDash and then boom, it gets done all of a sudden. Yeah. So maybe you need to like start setting lunches for yourself. Like I'm going to have uh, whatever lunch. Oh, that slows me down. Okay. Any, it, it's so weird. Anytime I eat like a uh, a meal, I just slows me down. You just an intermittent faster? Uh, not really. I like the little snacks, like Cliff Bars Okay. for me. So like in the morning, just Cliff Bar. Lunch, maybe just a really tiny salad yeah that's it so you'll you know you'll aggregate the news you'll pick what the topic is you'll spend all this time scripting it how long does it take you to actually film depends on the video and depends on uh how well i could speak it's, it, i'm sure as you know there's sometimes it's like you you cannot pronounce words right and you'll say the same sentence 20 times and you just can't get it right <laughs> so how is I, it when you edit those where you're just like it's easy because I look, I don't, I edit, I will, I do the initial cuts my, myself based on the audio clips. So right. you could tell based on the audio. So I don't even, so let's say I spend five minutes trying to get like one paragraph. You just see all the times I try to say the same thing and I just go to the very end. So it doesn't, it. it doesn't add any extra time okay. the more takes I do. It's just more time filming. That shows my editing experience. I, yeah. I had no idea. I don't listen to any of the takes i just know the last time i say something is the one i'm going to use so i'll keep saying it until i'm like all right that was the one okay but yeah um some videos maybe an hour so you're like your 15 minute videos on average right uh 15 minute video on average an hour and a half because sometimes they're it'll take an hour sometimes it'll take two and a half hours it just depends and you'll just keep the camera rolling and you're just you know trying to get the best take yeah and and sometimes it's like you're in the flow and uh like Usually what I'll do is I, I have a script off to the side, like word by word. You word by word every script? Every script. So every Damn. word I say is carefully thought out and planned. Because like what I do when I, when I do a script, I'll write it out. I'll take a 10-minute break. Or like I'll go to the gym or something. And then I come back and I read the script out loud as though I'm, I'm saying it for a video. Because sometimes you'll, you'll write something and it sounds good. But then you'll read it back and you're like, well, I reuse this word too often. So let me find a different word to say here that means the same thing. Or this sentence is kind of repetitive, so I edit basically in my speech by speaking it out loud, and like I'll just delete things, or if something isn't clear, I'll go and I'll, I'll clarify it. But yeah, so I speak it out loud, and then that way, by the time I film it, I've already spoken through the entire thing myself. I know it flows well, and I just got to say it, and I got to deliver it. So what I do is like if the camera's here, I'll have my phone like off to the side, like you can't see it, right? But I'll memorize a paragraph, or I'll memorize like one to five sentences that I want to say and uh, I'll just repeat it back to the camera so I look at the script do it again yeah, so there's never like a teleprompter or anything but like and, and it sounds better that I memorize it because then I speak it sometimes in my own words it's not always like word by, by word, word right but I'll be able to say it naturally in a way that like it sounds like I'm talking right no that's that's amazing dude like I think um, I, I use bullet points mainly but uh very much the same. Like, I'll read a bullet point, I'll, sit, I'll look at it, I'll say, okay, then I'll freestyle the bullet point, look at the next bullet point, freestyle. And I found for me, I tried to use the teleprompter one time, and it was so fake. Like, yep. I was just, like, a news anchor. Yep. 
And I'm like, dude, just give me the bullet points and you I'll gotta, speak it in yeah, my own words. You got to practice using the <laughs> teleprompter. It's hard. Yeah. Um, so uh, Kevin used to use a teleprompter. And I couldn't even tell because of how good he was. Yeah. And I was Kevin shocked. Kevin could be on CNBC. Yes. <laughs> but, but Kevin could go either way, which, which is unique because I've seen Kevin do his unscripted videos where he literally just records and talks for yeah. 20 minutes and it's perfect. But I've also seen him with some videos do the teleprompter. I can't tell the difference because he's that good at the teleprompter that uh, it's just practice. Yeah. But you can't tell. We got to um, spend a whole day together. Um, maybe, I don't know, this was like a month or two ago. I remember when he came to visit. Yeah. yeah. So he came to visit and I showed him some flips and some rentals and uh, my mountain where I'm building my house. And uh, yeah, just seeing him free flip. Like we didn't have an agenda. It was just like, hey, do you want to freestyle this? Yep. All right, me too. Let's do it. And then it came out good. Yeah. So I love that video, by the way. Thank you, man. Really good. It was, it was a good video. Kevin's uh, he's a nut, dude. Yeah. He's funny. All right, as we wrap up, dude, I got one final question for you. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you love YouTube. You're doing exactly what you want to do. You know, you just walked us through that entire thought process. But if you were to stop doing YouTube today, what would you be doing? That's a great question. I like that a lot. Um, I'm not exactly sure yet because uh, I, I, I couldn't physically, like, do nothing. Right. And I couldn't, I can't just relax. Like, I'd always love to be working on something. Uh, I love the uh, reef aquarium that I have. I like. I don't know if what how much more I could tinker with it though. Um, I don't know why, but lately, and I brought up the music thing, but lately, uh, I've thought about doing music. Really? Do you play? What do you What do you do? Yeah, uh, I played the piano since I was a kid. Mm. Uh, Drums have been the. You got that big baby grand, right? Or is it a full grand? It's full grand. Full grand, right? Yeah, seven seven foot four. Yeah. It looks small in that room though. Yeah. Um but I would love and and this is why I actually mentioned uh the designer I wanted to turn that garage into another studio but like I wanted to put a drum set in there. Um grab a guitar, get a keyboard in there with a bass and just and make music. Have a legit so, garage band. Right. Like the actual garage band. But uh like I I look at uh like Dave Grohl being able to play everything himself and uh you know, I really admire that. Or like Nine Inch Nails, where he does it all himself. Um, but like, I don't know. So I think that would be if if I were to stop doing YouTube, I'd probably go full time in music and just I don't know. And and that's why I was mentioning like the TikTok thing. But yeah. uh, not that you're, gonna, I, you're you know what? I retract what I said about TikTok. Yeah, your, yeah. your viral TikToks are going to be your music career, dude. Yeah, I mean, you're going to change your bio to musician. Yeah, not YouTuber. But, but, like, I, I think how cool would that be to transition from, like, finance to, to music? Like, two totally opposite sides of the spectrum. But, it, but part of me thinks it would also be really cool to go full circle because in high school, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a musician in high school. Like, I played the drums, and I was in a, in, in a band. And I decided not to pursue the band. It was the toughest thing ever because I was afraid of not making enough money mm. to be able to pursue that career. And right. I remember, like... Uh, that just seeing, uh, we'd play shows on like the Sunset Strip in LA and seeing these fantastic musicians, like they were so talented, but they were like living in their vans yeah, and they had nothing to fall back on. And like, and they were the best. Like these are musicians who like, I would look up to and be like, oh my God, like how are you that good? Uh, even some of the, the best musicians who are like touring, um, 
I was always worried about the financial stability. Like, if you're not that top point zero 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 one percent of drummers, let's say, uh, you got to get another job. Yeah. And I didn't want to be in a position where it's like, sure, I'm drumming, but that comes with the sacrifice of like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to provide for myself. Yeah. Well, I so mean, I, the, the cool yeah. thing is now you can, if you choose to go that path. Right. You know. So, um, yeah. So that would be that would be a path I would take, but like. As much as I love music, I also love business. So, <laughs> I love like, making money. So, but that's and that's the thing. It's like I wouldn't just be making music to like goof around, but I would make music that I feel that would do well commercially, or that would do well on TikTok, or that would do well. Like I couldn't just be like, oh, I'm going to make a funk band because that's what I, you know, that's what I that's like playing bad. to. Yeah, I would. I would make music that I think like this would be something that people could use in their TikToks or yeah. You know, I love that, dude. I, have you ever mentioned that um, on no. any of your shows? Actually, no. I've you guys heard that. it here first, man. You, yeah, you did. So you did. Like, uh, you know, like, like, uh, like. I really look like Zed. I think that well, Zed that... Zed was a perfect example who did the um, Squid Games remix. I haven't seen I, that. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. It it blew up from. I believe it was from TikTok, but he posted this Squid Games remix. Yeah, and it's really good. Yeah. Just listen to it. It's, I'm, it's I'm gonna, and I, will, I already know our um, our thumbnail now and our title. Graham Graham Stephan's gonna become a musician. Uh, don't or, let's not jinx it. Let's not get at it. <laughs> he's, it he's, it'll be he's something. He's gonna be a rock star. It, it'll be something where if it happens, it's not. Yeah, it's not. But uh, yeah, in the back of my mind, I think that would be cool. But I wouldn't give up YouTube for that. Um, that I want to build out the studio because I'm always just like, hey, if it happens, it happens. But uh, just like transitioning from real estate to YouTube, I would be doing music on the side and it would just purely be a side thing if it takes off great well i think but, um yeah i think you could um do it for fun and you know if you wanted to put on your tiktok because you're not really you know serious about tiktok compared to your youtube channel like i think that's a great place to put it i um it's funny i i talk a lot about well i don't talk a lot about crypto but i like nfts and crypto but you know, when I post stuff on my main channel or my instagram people don't really care about crypto yeah but i know twitter is like huge on crypto and so I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna post like all my tw- my you know thoughts on crypto and NFTs on Twitter. And by the way, guys, follow me on Twitter, Ryan Pineda Show. Um, yeah. I don't even have a thousand followers, but I'm just like, eh, you know, I don't really care what happens. Yeah, it, and it's a different thing. So I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, cool, dude. Just want to say, dude, appreciate you coming in. This was the earliest podcast we've ever done, and uh, for the one a.m. Yeah, seven a.m. for the one and only Graham Stephan. So man. guys, make sure you uh. I'm sure everyone subscribed to your channel, but if not, make sure you go subscribe. We will link to it down below. And uh, if you guys liked this video, Graham, why don't you tell them what to do? You got to destroy the like button. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. Just smash it. Hit the notification bell. Where's this going to be posted? Your main channel? Uh, this one's going to be on YouTube. Okay. Or um, on the second channel, Ryan Pineda Show. Okay. And uh, yeah, guys, we'll uh, link to this from the main channel as well. So we'll have some clips there. So cool. subscribe. Subscribe. And like. And like. And notification bell. There we go. And add you on Twitter. And add me on Twitter. I need to get over a thousand followers. <laughs> and oh, download the Hungry Bull. Download the, the Hungry Bull app. It's a it's a free app. Yes. Uh, it just aggregates. Oh, not aggregate. It's uh, it we spend a lot of time writing a newsletter a day. Dude, so how topics, how did yeah. you forget to mention that with your businesses? <laughs> Too early. <laughs> that, yeah. That's how. Download the Hungry Bull app. That's a big one he's working on. So yeah. we'll link you'll, to that. you'll be, you'll get the inside scoop. So just download it. It's totally free. Cool. It's just information. So you'll be happy with it. I love it. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. Cool. Peace. See ya.
Thanks for watching The Ryan Pineda Show. If you want to work with me, head over to ryanpineda.com. You can find my courses, coaching programs, and upcoming events. We also have free resources you can download, so head over to ryanpineda.com.